Does Tina Turner do weddings? Years ago, my friend Brian bought a jet ski. I was over at his parents' house when he was showing it off to his father for the first time. Brian was very proud. Brian's father was not. Shit or get off the pot, son, his father said. Brian's father was disappointed because Brian had been living with his girlfriend for a few years and had been dating her for a few before that and hadn't proposed to her yet. Brian's father thought the jet ski money should have been engagement ring money. And yes, for those of you keeping track at home, in this metaphor, shitting means getting married. Thanks, Brian's dad. This weekend I'm back on the East Coast for a wedding. It's in New Hampshire, of all places, a state which neither the bride's family nor the groom's family consider home. I'm hoping there were tax incentives. There better have been tax incentives. The rapid-fire four or five weddings per year has slowed to a trickle of one or two amongst my friends. At this point, the majority of my friends are married. The majority of that majority are still married, which I consider to be pretty good given the divorce rate in these modern times. And the divorces that there have been have weeded out all the douchebags, so I even consider those a win. The best wedding I ever went to took place in a half-built house that the bride and groom were building together. How's that for a metaphor? They were literally building a life together. The reception was in the backyard, simple, nothing fancy. The only way it could have been any better was if there had been a slip-and-slide in the backyard, but that would be asking for lawsuits. When I look through the Rafferty photo album and see Graham and Pomp's wedding back in 1950, I see two young whippersnappers having the time of their life. World War II, Surf Nazis Must Die, had just ended, and things were looking up for the world. Their wedding wasn't a big to-do, there was just a nice church and a reception full of sharp-dressed folks surrounded by some ugly wood paneling. Sometime between when my grandparents got married in 1950 and today, though, weddings did become a big to-do. Billions of dollars are spent on weddings every year. I just made that statistic up. I'm probably lowballing it. Tens of thousands of dollars are being shelled out to rent banquet halls and parking garages. Wedding planners are charging by the hour. Hotels are charging by the cake slice. Destination weddings are being planned that are inconvenient for everyone to get to. Theme weddings are being thrown that virtually no one is excited about except possibly the bride and the groom, but usually just one or the other. Multiple weddings are happening for single sets of couples. This is madness, people. I'm not saying your wedding shouldn't be the greatest party you ever throw. It should be. But what makes a party awesome isn't how much money you spend or the exotic locale in which the party is thrown. It's the people with whom you're sharing this special moment. Particularly Uncle Larry. That dude knows how to party. Now, if you only know Lamos, or you yourself are a Lamo, by all means, throw your pirate-themed wedding in the Caribbean, followed by your Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome-themed wedding in the Australian Outback. No one is going to show up anyway, so you might as well have fun yourself. Side note, I would totally show up at your Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome-themed wedding in the Australian Outback. But if you're cool, and your friends are cool too, there's no need to feed the beast that is Big Wedding. For many years, I maintained that I was never going to get married. I didn't see the point. Ugh, why would I need a piece of paper to tell someone I love them? Vote for Ralph Nader. This happened to coincide with my Ralph Nader phase. As my friends have married off, though, I've gotten over my weddings are for suckers phase. I'm still in my Ralph Nader phase, however. 
Now I realize that there is more to marriage than a slip of paper, and there is more to a wedding than the ceremony. I'd still be fine skipping all the pomp and circumstance. Sorry, pomp. Screw you, circumstance. But if I find a woman, or a dude, gay is pretty in these days, and she is firmly in the pro-marriage camp, I will not make a fuss. Nor will I make her vote for Ralph Nader. What I won't budge on, though, is the degree of ridiculousness to our wedding. I will not be a part of the trillion-dollar wedding industrial complex. For example, riding in or out of the reception on a horse, elephant, or a unicorn? Out of the question. Making the bridesmaids and groomsmen enter the reception dressed as one long human centipede? Eh, pushing it, but okay. Hiring the Schenectady pipe band for the procession? Not unless the bride-to-be is Scottish. His and her tearaway tracksuits for our sure-to-be-viral video hit sensation first dance? I'd have to see the choreography first. Hiring Scott Bayo to burst into the ceremony during the Speak Now or Forever Hold Your Peace part just so he can exclaim, Who's in charge here? And I can reply, I am Scott Bayo in front of everyone. Ixnay on the Scott Ao Bay. Sliding down a slip and slide instead of walking down the aisle? Mm, I would not object to that. Now, obviously, this is putting the cart before the horse, the slip and slide before the father of the bride, even. I don't know anything about weddings or marriages, but I do know that communication is important, and it's important to have well-defined limits. Otherwise, the next thing you know, you're in a bunker outside of Moscow having a Cold War-themed wedding. Side note, I would totally show up to your Cold War-themed wedding in a bunker outside of Moscow. Now that we've gotten all that out of the way, I have a tax-free wedding to attend. Please excuse me. Oh, and I almost forgot. If you were wondering, yes, Brian kept the jet ski despite his father's wishes. On the plus side, the following summer, he finally got around to it and took the biggest shit of his life. 